The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Two minutes past three. Thank you for joining us, Kimbo on the Rooch, with you live from Studio Lumo SA here at number one King William Street in the city. Not a bad day outside, currently 17.3 degrees. A big thank you to Brasilia Coffee, IGA Supermarkets and Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. All right, are we ready? Let's welcome a leviathan of the industry, the Rooch. What's the matter, you? Hey. What do you think you do? What are you Why doing? you look so sad? Why? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. I shut up for your face. Michelangelo, very, good afternoon to you. Very kind of you, Kim, but now I am smaller than my shadow. You're smaller than what? My shadow. Why is that? Well, I'm only a shadow of my former self. Oh, don't put yourself down, right? Well, oh, I do truth. that enough for it's you. It's the truth. <laughs> you <laughs> no. see, you've finally got to me. No, he reached. Don't Hello, get, how are you? you? I don't know if it was complimentary, actually. I, I, I don't use Leviathan very often. No, I you don't. Where I, did you dig that up from? I don't know. It just came into my head. So whilst your musical introduction yes. was on, I Googled it yes. and Leviathan, because I thought it was someone huge, mammoth, you know, big in the industry sort of thing. Right. It actually says a sea monster or to any gigantic, powerful thing. You're accurate. Well, I Spot suppose, on. I suppose Spot that works. On. You are powerful. Although I shed a tear today, I broke down. Uh, like, like calling it was BS an emotional on that. day. No, oh, I no, did. I did. Oh, I did. Yes, I know where you I were. I did. As a matter of fact, even now I'm beginning to tear up because some of the emotions. You always say beauty, that, Rich, but you never do. I hold it. I hold it together. Do you? I must. I, I just think you're playing for a little bit of attention when you do that. No, no. it was a very emotional. No, that's that's a cry for I am human, really. Oh, Kim, <laughs> cut me and I'll bleed. I'm not sure. I do. It's horrible, actually. <laughs> All right, look, it's we're going horrible. to get to Aaron Phillips very, very shortly, Rich. We know there was a big announcement. You were down there front and centre as usual, hogging all the... Uh... I learned from you. Well, I've never <laughs> been to a press conference. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I didn't have yes, to. Yes, you have. Oh, I've seen you at press conferences. Where? Name one. Oh, Ages ago. Not too many, Rooch. No, but you've been to them. Oh, I've been to, but I, I don't sit at the front and hog all the questions like you. You should be. You're good enough for it. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> don't be shy. Don't hold back. You didn't know as a footballer. I was just a talking head, Rooch, you know. No, the other people do don't the hard set work. yourself short. Hey, a good show coming up today. Uh, we're going to speak to a young man. You've almost destroyed his career since he came here to do some work experience at SEN. That's well, at least I apologise to him. And you shouldn't. It's probably not enough. You need to give him money. Uh, Redbacks batsman Daniel Drew. Why got... do you want me, make me poor? Because <laughs> you got more than anyone and you cried poverty all the no, time. No, I haven't. We're going to have a chat to Drewy. They got done outright by WA. It was disappointing. So mm. lost outright, won outright, lost outright. So their next game, I think, is against Queensland, I think, November the 6th. Anyway, we'll have a chat oh. about that and find out what went wrong. And Roach, uh, Aaron Phillips, yes. you, you alluded to this rather softly yesterday. You oh, threw yeah. me under the bus. I like doing that. Yeah, yeah I know. You, you, you're, a little, you're more subtle than what I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the AFLW legend uh, announced her retirement today. Yes, yes. So this is a story 
where do you start? You, you start with the fact that here is a girl who at 13 has to be told by her parents she can no longer play football, which was her dream. Mm. Finds her way to basketball and becomes a world great, an Olympian, a silver medalist, yep. a, a professional champion in the USA. The opportunity then opens up to be a footballer, the game she always wanted to play in Australia. She not only becomes the best player in the season, the best player in the grand final and leaves a legacy at the Adelaide Football Club. That's enormous. Mm. But then the opportunity comes to go home and plays for Port Adelaide and picks up her father's jumper, the number one jumper as captain. She made it very clear today. It was emotional. She wished wished she'd stayed at Adelaide. No, she (laughs) does not. She doesn't. Don't bring up Annie. I'm just joking. How good is her life story? Uh, It's a ripper. Like you said, just just talking about AFLW, three premierships, three All-Australians, two best and fairest at Adelaide and two AFLW best and fairest. And and did it all at the age of, what, what, what was she, 31 when she started? Wow, I think 37 so, now. So take back, yeah, so 30, 31, yeah, you're yeah, right. 31, I think. Wow, imagine saying to someone, and yeah, we, you're starting your professional football career at 31. 31, and we forget wow. how good, well, we don't as a basketballer, that she, that she was uh, world championships, mm. gold medal in Brazil, 2006, a bronze in Turkey, 2014, Commonwealth Games, gold medal yep. in 2006. Um, looking forward to chatting to her at, Four o'clock. Uh, I don't know if it's in her makeup, but do you think four children along now with her beautiful wife Tracy? Do you think that maybe she could just hit the off switch and do nothing for six weeks? I think she wants to. Do you think she can? She's a fitness no. fanatic. No, no. There's anyway, a, there is. There's more to write in this story. I'm sure. Coaching. Well, she's doing that apprenticeship like Chelsea Randall is in mm-hmm. the men's program at Port Adelaide. Chelsea is Adelaide. Mm. Uh, the game needs Erin Phillips to remain there. Oh, I think she'll remain in the game. The Port Adelaide Footy Club needs yeah. her to remain there as well. Yeah. Um, the current coach, Lauren Arnell, what's her deal? Not sure how long she's contracted for. I know she's getting bigger and bigger because the baby's due in January. And so you think there could be a year off? Or Kim, how, how can you read? I mean, that program needs could a lot Aaron of Could Erin step in? Maybe a bit early. Okay. Maybe. So who would then? Well, I would think Laura would want to go keep She'd going. Right. Sure. Yep. Surely. Yep. You put all the foundation stones down. And I did ask Erin about just where that program is at. And she feels it's on the right path. And mm. when it all clicks, it will click well. I don't think so. it's too far away. And I'm not trying to be nice. Yeah. I know Shano sent through a, yes, a message yesterday. Yep. said uh, people are going too soft on Port Adelaide. I think they've been disappointing this year. There's three games they could have won. Mm. I always feel for coaches who do the hard yards, setting up a program. Mm. And then someone comes in and reaps the rewards. So well, I hope Lauren gets to reap the rewards. For well, I hope so in. too. Yeah. I think she's presented herself brilliantly. Yep. I, I think a little bit more support from men's programs. Now, that mm. mightn't be appreciated by some people. I don't know. Mm. But uh, I think that's where the experience lies. Mm. It's stating the obvious. And I think there's it? some big news brewing with Port Adelaide and it's total football program shortly, Kim. Oh, we'll delve we'll into that a little, a little later. Yeah. Oh, look at you. I like it when yeah, you sort of sound There's been some interesting it. meetings recently. I like it when you do that sleazy mm. out the corner of your yeah. mouth type of announcement, Rooch. Yes, hold uh, your hat. Uh, I've got one on today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got my Nike hat on. Okay. Uh, Tony Bamford will join us at 4.35. Looking forward to this chat. He's uh, a good man too. Yeah. Sandful under 18 coach. The mm. national draft gets underway on the 20th and the 21st of November. Then the rookie draft on the 22nd. You're not going to take James Borlase, are you? Do you no, get first no. Crack? Seriously, because a lot of Port fans wish that Port would do that. Because Adelaide's now delisted James Borlase. Today is the last day for list management issues of delistings, and there's been a bit of movement in that space. 
So James Borlase is there, and there's a lot of Port fans who say, bring him home because he's the son of Yeah, that's a, a lot of romance. Yeah, there. exactly. But if you have a look at Port's list profile at the moment, what they've added through the off period, the fact that they take mm. a contracted defender in Jake Bassini and, and delist him last night tells you they're saying they've got enough in that space now. They feel they have enough in that space. Mm. They're not picking James Borlake. Okay, that means Adelaide, so Adelaide will can get be him. Very he gets safe. another year. Yeah. I win another coffee. It goes back to 16. You beauty, you beauty, you beauty. Roach, uh, uh, text hey, coming. You never know if there's another club, though. Yeah. Wayne, well, good luck if hey. he does, but uh, yeah. you'd want to get more than one year. Um, here's mm. a text. The text line is well and truly open. The number is 0427154166. Ethel from Hello, Ethelton. Ethel. Now, Talking about your softer side, Rooch, Ethel says, I would shed tears if Ruchi retired. Jesus. Tears of ju- tears of joy. Oh, hello, Ethel. <laughs> you have a love-hate relationship, don't you? We do. We do. Uh, do you think Aaron could replace uh, straight sets Kenny? Yeah, very funny, Mario. Some oh. of your better work there. I like it. All right, Rooch, we need to go around the grounds, but we'll do that when we come yes. back from this break. There's a bit to talk about with the AFL final delistings finishing mm. today. There's another AFLW knee recode. It's oh. very close to home. It's at your club, Rooch. And the World Cup, Afghanistan, sitting in fifth position. What a story. So this is a team that never plays at home and keeps winning. Uh, yeah, but the Crows can't complain, can they? Oh, I'm glad you said when that. When you look at Afghanistan. Wow, well, But they should said that. because it's a massive inequity, Rooch. In the I don't AFL. think Afghanistan can go and appeal to anyone on this one, though, Kim. No, they can't. I don't think you'd want to be playing there at the moment with the greatest respects. And because yes. it's a Tuesday, Rooch, we have Roochie's Roast, a time-honoured journalistic masterpiece. Who are you roasting today? You people. All of you. All of you. Ooh. It says rubbish. You. Ooh. Oh, no, you're not part of the team, are you? No, I'm not part of the media, Rooch. We'll talk about that when we come back. <laughs> The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. It's past three on a Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful day outside, 17.6 degrees. Always better when you have a Brasilia coffee. Stay grounded, make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia coffee. Here's a good text, Rooch. They could make a movie on this famous Phillips family. I think this is genuine. The AFL should now call the AFLW medal for the fairest and best player, the Erin Phillips medal. If she was born on the other side of the border, it would have been done already. That's from Arthur in Harndorf. Hmm. Flip. You agree? Yes. All right, Roach. It's all happening. Delistings everywhere at the moment because yeah. this is the last day of it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Roach, but we've got to do the Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. Oh. All right, that's what we spoke about. Giving away Adbrake. some money. Where do you go? Your chance to win a $500 IGA voucher if you get the winner of the Melbourne Cup, $200 for second, $100 for finishing third. All you have to do is listen for the cue to call, then be one of the first five to ring through. You go in the draw to get a horse in the Melbourne Cup, which is run when, Reach? First Tuesday of November. Next Tuesday would have been the best way to say it. All right, when you hear this. Don't ring now. Don't ring now, but we'll be doing it. Look, we'll give you a heads up. We're going to do it before 4 o'clock. 
Mm. All right, you happy with that, Rooch? Okay. All right, let's jump into Around the Grounds because it is the final day of the listings. Yes, the Western Bulldogs have just declared that they will delist Taylor Duray and Lockie McNeil, but will claim them again in the rookie draft. Oh, my mm. goodness, this rookie draft. As James Borlase will be with Adelaide if all goes well. And GWS has an inaugural giant in Adam Kennedy. He's 31. He's played 153 games. Hasn't played since he did the knee injury early in the year. He will be delisted and claimed again through the rookie draft as well. So right. I like it's it. Famous Rich. rookie draft. Uh, the AFLW has claimed another knee reconstruction, and it happened at training sad. this time. Yes, young defender at Port Adelaide, Georgie Jakes, ruptured the ACL, so she will not play in Erin Phillips' farewell game, because she's getting close to this moment. Well, and she's yet to play an AFL game. but AFLW. Uh, yeah, well, she's getting close yeah, I was nearly going to say that, and you jumped in, Rouge. I added the W coming, all right? All right. You're, you're on to me today, aren't you? But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it won't happen now for another next, year. Yeah, and the next season's in uh, – well, it won't happen either because it'll take a fair while to recover from this ACL. Sad. This too often too often this is happening in AFLW. Mm. Uh, here's an interesting text, Rooch. Hi, Kimbo and Rooch. There's smoke in the West. Hutchie refusing Wildcats members calls for the coach to be sacked. Heavy booing of the coach after the latest home match. Has the cattle but no viable game plan. That's from Mark in Perth. It's become very uh, heated over there. They're not used to not having success route. Mm. Someone that is at the moment, in a small way but a significant way, is Afghanistan in the World Cup. They won by seven wickets against Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. It's not S-I-R-I. It's S-R-I. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. 241 they made. (laughs) Afghanistan responded with 242, 28 balls to spare, and tonight we have Pakistan and Bangladesh. All right, let's have a listen to uh, Afghanistan defeating Sri Lanka. Charita Sri Lanka is underneath it and drops it. And a magnificent win in erroneous fashion. But it is a significant win for Afghanistan. They moved to fifth on the table. They keep hopes of a semi-final place alive. Yes, they're fifth behind India, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. Two points behind Australia. Mm, they're going well. It's a wonderful performance. Uh, our very own, we call him ours, Rashid yes. Khan, was tra- translating his teammate, uh, Fazal Haq Farooq, about the win. Uh, first of all, thanks to dear, my dear love for the performance. And uh, it's pretty good. Like We will have three wins in, our, uh, in the tournament. And uh, so happy to contribute for the team and win the game. Well, there won't be an upset to the top four, will it? It will stay. I, I wouldn't have thought India, so. South uh, yeah, Africa. Sam Kerr went very close to taking out a big award, Rich. Yes, the Ballon d'Or, the golden ball in FIFA's world game. Second to Spain's Bonmarti, who was... Who? Aitana Bonmarti. Better. <laughs> so we all remember them from the World Cup. Because that has made a significant impact on women's sport in this country. Yes, and uh, Lionel Messi won the Ballon d'Or for a record eighth time. That would suggest he's a fairly good player, Roach, Yes, he it? is. Hey? He's a handy player. Scores a bit too. 3.22, Roach. Mm. We've got a bit to get through today. Plenty more coming up. Just a reminder, Daniel Drew will join us from the Redbacks. He's sitting out there in the producer's box doing some work experience. We've got Roachie's Roast, Aaron Phillips, live from 4pm, and Tony Bamford, Sandfall Under-18 coach. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it.
The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 327, big thank you to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. It's the only place to shop. Here's a text, Rooch. I don't agree with this one. Hi, men. No one can dispute the contribution that Erin Phillips has had on the AFLW and the game, but it appears that in any reports that she has given since joining the power seem to not mention Adelaide's role at all. That, to me, is a bit sad. That's from Jack. Uh, no, she's always acknowledged the Adelaide Football Club, Jack. In fact, she was asked about her time at the Crows today. I want to thank the Adelaide Football Club for giving me my very first opportunity to start my football career. In particular, Phil Harper for everything that he did for me and my family, going above and beyond to make us feel welcome. My past coaches, Beck Goddard, Matthew Clark, to all my former teammates, Crows members and fans that have always supported me, to have been a captain alongside a great mate, Chelsea Randall, and win three premierships at the Crows will go down to some of the proudest moments of my sporting career. There you go, Jacko. Yeah, it might have gone off early there. She's always been very gracious and thankful to the Adelaide Footy Club. Very much so. Yeah. Yes, I don't know where where that theme came from. Roach, here's a theme that's been going on for a while. They might be on the frothies down at the Royal Hotel. On Henley oh, Beach Road. Oh, no, not Footscray again. Yeah, one of Peter Hurley's pubs. G'day, Pete. Hey, they're doing a fair bit of Renault work there. Yes, this one says, Hi, guys, good show. Big push by members and ex-players, mainly Doug Hawkins. They want the Footscray name back, not the Western Bulldogs. That's from Jody. Good on you, Jody. 3.30 news coming up. <laughs> then we're going to talk cricket with Redback Daniel Drew. Drewy. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Thirty-three. Big thank you to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Just a reminder, Rucci's Roast, a time-honoured journalistic masterpiece coming up in this half hour. We'll also be giving away or giving you the opportunity to be a part of Kimba and the Rucci's Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. You've just got to stay listening for the bugle. It sounds like this. Don't, don't ring now. Don't ring now. We'll be doing it very, very shortly. Aaron Phillips at 4 o'clock. Tony Bamford, Sample Under-18 coach at 4.30. And a quick text before we get to our next guest. This one's from Jacko. Jack says, apologies, I did hear on your show Aaron's mention of the Adelaide Footy Club. None of that is reported on the AFL app. Right. Shame oh. oh, that gets a mention, oh. Rooch, a little oh, bit later. Oh, there's a bit more ammunition. Thank you, Jacko. Mm. All right, time to talk cricket. The Redbacks, they've been the whipping boys of the sporting world in South Australia for some time now. Lost outright to Tasmania, to a depleted Tasmanian side in their first Shield game, then had a lovely win against New South Wales. We were up and about until someone sent a text reminding us that New South Wales had lost 14 in a row or something. 
Then we're in a winning position against WA. And to face the music is our work experience man, Daniel Drew, who got out for a duck rooch because of you in the first innings. Sorry. Solid Sorry, 25. Dan. Sorry, Daniel. I didn't know I had that much power. Daniel, welcome to the show. Mm. Uh, disappointing loss because you got yourselves in a good position. Kimbo Roach, thanks for having me. Um, Are we ready to get grilled? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, you know, WA are a great side. They've been the benchmark for the last you know, four or five seasons. Um, so we knew it was going to be a, a tough battle coming into it. Um, coming off a win last game, we were mm. confident um, going into the match. But I think we, uh, you know, we, we bowled pretty well the first innings to, to keep them to 240. You know, um, took momentum into that to our batting innings. Obviously, they bowled quite well, um, but to get a lead was obviously a positive for us as a batting unit. Um, we probably missed a trick to get a bigger lead there, I think. Mm. Um, you know, to push past 50, 60, 70 um, runs would have been ideal. Um, but then... Tail wag, though. The tail wag, yeah, you know, we, they've been doing a lot, a lot of hard work for us lately. Um, so the top order's under a bit of pressure at the moment, but um, it was great to get them runs, and they're always, they're always great to have um, at the back end. So... Yeah, it was disappointing. Um, we, we were a bowler down during our second innings of bowling as well, which hurt. Um, Wes Ager hurt his back while batting. Um, so that depleted us to two bowlers and a spinner. Um, and they're, they're a class act of the top order. Cameron Bancroft, Sam Whiteman, um, these guys. Aaron How do you Hardy. rate Bancroft? Uh, he's a great player, obviously. Yep. His stats don't lie. Um, I think he's averaging 90 this year in the Shield couple hundreds. Um, in, in the inner circle of the cricket world, and it doesn't mean that you have to be in the Australian squad, do you feel like he was the whipping boy? Or he was disadvantaged through the sandpaper situation because he was only a pup? Uh, do people feel for him or they say, silly you? I'm not sure. I think in the cricketing world, we, we've moved past that now. Mm. Um, I, I, didn't, I still don't know what happened necessarily in that in that period of the game. Um, well, it was a bit of sandpaper down his jocks. Let me yeah, take yeah, this right. yeah, yeah. I know that happened. Um, I, I think we don't know what really happened. <laughs> yeah, there, I know we? what we you're know, saying. Yeah. We we know might, what yeah. Oh, we Not know really. he was a junior player. And well, the, the, the senior the players. Price. Yeah, the, he's that's paid what the I mean. Price that, that's my point, yeah. So he's yeah. the bunny at the end of it. He's been the whipping boy as well. And, and his career hasn't really flourished since it happened. No. But he's still got time on his side. All right, Roach, ask him what happened in the first innings. No, I'm more curious about when you had 354 to chase, what was the approach? What do you think – how do you think you approached that innings and what do you learn from not getting there? Um, you well, say the top order's got the pressure on it, so that's clear. Yeah, um, that's obvious. Um, I think we were still going into it. You know, we, we weren't sure if they were going to declare straight away or not. Mm. So in the back of our minds, we were still, you know, prepared to bowl a few overs in the morning. As soon as they declared, um, we were happy to bat. We will get in there and get the job done. Um, if that was, you know, bat the whole day or, you know, get to a point where we had wickets in hand and the run weight wasn't too far away, mm. we could assess that. Um, you know, things didn't start well. We lost a wicket early on. Um, myself and Henry Hunt sort of put a partnership together mm. um, and built a platform there. And then, you know, those 20 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go before that break um, is crucial. And I think that's sort of where we're lacking a bit, um, important moments in our batting innings on patches where we're just missing, uh, we're losing wickets. Um, I think that's where we can get really better as a batting group. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives uh, to take out of it. Like the game before was a tough wicket against New South Wales, found a way to grind through um, and our bowlers did the rest. So I think, you know, a lot of positives to take through. I think. So there's yeah. more a mental space, that one, about dealing with the last 15 minutes of a session. No... Potentially, yeah. I think I think it's acknowledging that that's an important part. 
to get through that. Because, um, you know, the, the scoreboard's up there, the time's up there. We yeah, know it's an yeah, important part yeah. of period. Um, so that's on me for getting out and Henry as well in the last, you know, couple of minutes before lunch. So I think we, we go into that lunch break, one for 70, one mm. for 80. It's a completely mm. different game. Mm. We lost two wickets. And then after lunch, we lose another two wickets. So that's where the game was lost. We spoke about that after the game um, as a batting group. And, you know, hopefully we can look be better at that next game. Now, you're an extremely talented young batsman, still looking to really establish yourself uh, in the Redbacks lineup. What's it like for any batsman in your first innings, 12 deliveries before getting out for a duck? Uh, how important is it to get off the mark? We often sit there on our lounge chairs. There's no pressure on us. Um, do you feel the pressure when it's you face six balls and then you face another six and you're still not off the mark? Uh, you do, but you have your processes each ball. Mm. Um, you sort of, you know... Shield cricket, they're not just going to give you a run. Uh, it's not that easy out there um, at times, especially when the balls build up. You, you sort of do feel the pressure. Yeah. Um, getting a duck in the first innings is not a great feeling because you've got to sit there and sort of wait until you know you get your next run in the next innings. Um, WA actually had a song for me when I walked out to bat in the second innings. So what was that? That was interesting. Uh, it was, uh, we're halfway there. Oh, Drewy's on a pair. So, oh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, the players were doing that. Yeah, it's a bit of... Um, <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I'm mm. I'm friends with a couple of their players, and I've mm. made a few runs against WA before, yeah, so yep. quite on good terms with a few of them. So it was a bit of a piss take, but at the same time, I was I was like, oh, this is good, and they kept going, kept going, and finally got off the mark, and they started booing, and it was a bit of fun. No, it actually, that's good banter, it actually though. quite relaxed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, obviously it's not ideal, um, and you, the pressure does build up ball after ball. Well, you're right. back there shortly in the West. What have you got planned for them? Yeah, yeah, I've got a bit, to think of, got a bit of time to think about it, so I might I might pinpoint one of them out. Yeah, <laughs> who were the um, agitators? Oh, uh, who goes who goes for them at me? Yeah, yeah. Who was the lead who singer? Who singer? Mates? Oh, I think Hilton Cartwright. I think he's a nice guy. Um, but I, <laughs> he does sure? he does have a bit of a chat on the field. Um, Ashton Turner as well. But these guys are experienced players. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. they've done it before, so. Yeah, it's all a bit of fun. I like that. I think that, that's great banter. All right, it's let's all look at the, the positives, shoulders, isn't it? Uh, next Monday, the day before the Melbourne Cup, you head up to Brisbane. You take on Queensland in your next uh, Shield game. Can you expect? Are you expecting many changes to the lineup? Or um, potentially? How will Wesby? Yeah, I think. Oh, I'm not sure. I think he's got a few fitness tests this week to see how he goes. He's had a quite quite a big load uh, this summer already, so he might be one to come out. Um, you know, I think Jordan Buckingham's fit now, um, ready to go. So he'll be a massive inclusion for us coming off seven wickets in his last game. Um, Brendan Doggett's also another another guy that's fit and ready to go. Um, Liam Scott is a young all-rounder who's played a handful of games for us, made 100 during the week, um, the last weekend for Glenelg in the in the grade comp. So, and Jake Fraser-McGurk's also another one who's Ooh. potentially coming back in after a hamstring injury. Um, so, yeah, it... it there might be a few changes, but I think naturally we've got the right group. Out of um, curiosity, yep. if you play on Melbourne Cup Day, the race that stops the nation, do Shield games stop so you can watch it on the screen? Do they? Does that um, become Some of the players have chatted about it. Um, one of the players, Ben Menenti, actually had a horse that was going to race in the race in the Melbourne Cup, but it got injured um, just fine, if anyone's a keen punter mm -hmm. out there. Um, so okay. he's big Is on it. Is that by Tony McAvoy? Was he? Not Can't sure. tell you. I'm not a massive punter myself. I think Chris Dittmar's got a little share in that one as well, if I've got the right horse. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah, I do. Uh, 
I think, but we don't have our phones accessible during the game. No, but surely um, they can put it up on the big screen. Everyone says, look, we're going to take two yeah, minutes off. I think Cam Watt. Have a drink session. Yeah, I think Cam Watt a few years ago stopped it while he was batting and watched it because I think he had a bit of money on one of the horses. So. I like it. Yeah. All right, Queensland's sitting in third position. It's early days. It's early, early days. Early. South Australia sitting in fourth position. So uh, no real damage done. One win, two losses. This would be a big one, though. Mm. Hey, we'll let you get back out there and do some work, Dan. Uh, appreciate you to. jumping on, all right? Thanks, Kim. Don't take any advice from Roach, all right? Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, you'll make 100. You'll be a lot better for it. Hey, uh, just well, quickly. What advice could I offer a batsman? No, you destroyed his confidence last <laughs> week, Roach. Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's oh. biggest game worth over $70,000. What's that game, Roach? It's the Super Bowl yep, in just, Las Vegas. Yep, just shop in store at Beaumont's before November the 12th and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Don't go anywhere. Roach, he's roast. The time-honoured journalistic masterpiece coming up next. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roach. Nearly 3.49, it's just up, jumped up to 18 point degree, oh, point degrees, point two degrees in the city. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. Uh, Roochie's Roast coming up very, very shortly. Uh, a lot of texts coming through, Rooch, about Footscray. Water's no. Grey. No. Hi, boys. A lot of Bulldogs we talked to here from Melbourne said that they want the name back to Footscray. That's Mary from Newton. I might pop into the Royal and have a chat with the lads. It's not mm. time to stop this. It's not oh, going to happen. Mate, it's not gonna happen. I, don't, I don't think Mary's down the Royal. <laughs> I can assure I think you there's a movement. Is. How do you know? You Kim, hanging I used to get this call every Friday somewhere else, the lads there. Mm-hmm. We've got a big story for you. So they followed us over from the other mob, have they? <laughs> hey, uh, just a reminder. No, a different mob. The Melbourne, which mob's that? Well, they used to ring at the tyres every oh, Friday. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kimbo and the Roaches Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. Mm. Uh, your chance to win a $500 IGA voucher if your horse wins the Melbourne Cup. You can get $200 or $100. You just have to wait for the queue to call. It's a bugler. It'll be really obvious when it happens, okay? So just be one of the first five callers through and you've got a chance. Who would have thought? Who Giddy would have up. thought? Get on yeah, the phone. Yes. Hey, Roach, we're also receiving a lot of texts coming through about the interview that happened with uh, Gary Lyon and Ooh. Sam Edmund this morning with Simon Goodwin mm. and Gary Pert. Uh, it was a very deep and strong interview about yes. the culture at the Melbourne Football Club, about questions in regards to Simon Goodwin. Okay, can I ask you one key question here? Because the culture question is fascinating. Mm. And Gary Lyon said at the end that he wasn't buying it, the sense that Melbourne is clear on a cultural issue. Do two bad apples then cast this question across the whole group? Well, it doesn't help the situation. No, it doesn't help. And we must stress, uh, and as Simon Goodwin and Gary Pert stressed as well, this all goes back to three years ago, mm, although right? the which has all been moments. unsubstantiated. Yeah, no, I mean the yeah, rumours. With Goodwin. With Goodwin, yeah, yeah. With Goodwin. Yeah. So this does not help the situation. No. So these uh, this allows these stories to resurface. Uh, Simon Goodwin was asked this morning if they have a cultural problem. No, we haven't got a cultural problem. We've got some isolated incidents that we are going to deal with to help drive our culture forward. Um, you know, for 10 years now, we've worked on a, building a high-performing culture. Um, we've made decisions in and around our footy club over a long period of time 
to build the best footy club we can to perform to the highest level. And we've been able to do that um, right to the extent where we won a premiership in 21. We've been able to continue to do that and finish in the top four the last couple of years. Um, currently, right now, we've got some isolated incidents. And when I present culture to our footy team, it sits above everything we do in our footy club, ahead of X's and O's, ahead of the strategy of what we do. Without a good, strong culture, a high-performing culture, you can't have success. Alignment in behaviour is critical. It doesn't mean it won't be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It's always ongoing. And currently we sit here, we've got some isolated incidents that on the back of each other would look like we've got some trouble at our footy club. But we haven't got the trouble that people think we've got. We've got an amazing high-performing culture in terms of the people and the leadership that have driven this footy club for 10 years now. And we're going to use the opportunity of these isolated incidents that we're dealing with to continue to grow and enhance that. We need it to be at the very highest level for the highest success. And that's what we're going to go about doing. All right. Gary Pertz, the CEO, he spoke well then, Simon Goodwin. Yep. Uh, Gary Pert says it's the best culture he's seen in 40 years. And I've got to say, I've, I've been in the game now for 40 years. Our, our culture at the club, our men and women's programs, is the best I've seen in 40 years. And that's because of the people, the leadership, um, the the clarity and strength and resilience of that culture. So these behavioural issues will be held to account by those leaders because everyone's so clear on the standards of disciplines and expectations. Well, the proof of that stands up with the women's program. There's some big questions mm. still with the men's program. And the watch to watch Melbourne this year burn a premiership in my mind. They well, they had a, a good premiership. opportunity. Oh, they, were, uh, they were, for me, the best They're not the first balance. side to blow yeah, opportunities. Exactly, exactly. But they yeah. burnt one this year. Yeah, they should have beaten Collingwood probably, statistically. Mm. Uh, Roach, Clayton Oliver's been a big talking point. Oh. Simon Goodwin was asked about him. But what Clayton needs to be really clear on is that we now have some minimum standards of behaviour that we want him to adhere to. Um, and if he can't come along with our culture... There will be some consequences that come with that. And we need to be in a position where we can drive our high-performance culture. And Clayton's a big part of that. And he'll either come with us because it's teams that have great behaviour, great clarity on what's expected, great behaviours, ultimately have success. And it, it, there's no individual that sits above that. And, and we're going to build that around Clayton. Now, big this, as this I said, this big has test. been... Big story because there's been a lot happening with the former president, Glenn Bartlett. You know, he's got an axe to grind, so it's been going on for th three years. Hasn't been helped so, by the AFL getting involved either. No, Kim, that didn't help pressure. as well. Uh, but everyone jumps on the bandwagon. Mm. We saw it with Collingwood. They won a premiership this year. It was mm. earlier this year that Jack Ginevan was in problems. Yes. Uh, he's gone now. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Consequences. All right, well, we'll wait and see. The proof will be in the pudding. Yeah. But uh, wherever you've got 45 men, you're not going to get constant uniformity, consistent uniformity. No. Nowhere. You no strive for it. Exactly. No sporting club, no social club. Exactly right. Exactly, Roach. The amount yeah. of times you've gone rogue, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> All right, I'm getting RSI again from... <laughs> What you, what's wrong? Why have you got that incredulous look? Uh, I sometimes wish we were in an echo chamber and would go through your ears what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I say. Oh, well. All I know is I'm stirring the gravy yeah, at the sure moment. They say it's going to be 100 degrees, even more maybe. But that won't stop the road. Who's going to make the gravy? the gravy because even though your sister makes a better gravy oh she made you a roast magnificent
Mm. Wow. Well, when you I heard, wouldn't be kicking her out of home too quick, Kim. No, I can't wait to get rid of them. I love her to death. I've got another bloody five months to go. As soon as their apartment gets built, I'll be the happiest man in the world. Could I move into that apartment? If that's what you get for dinner every With them? Night, yeah. yeah. Well, you speak to them. It won't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, time for your race. It's a uh, time-honoured journalistic masterpiece. Probably a bit too much mayo on that, but uh, still. Who, who have you got on your sights? Well, today we're going to throw some stones in a glass house. Kim, mm. you, yes, you. Oh. who claim not to be part of the media no, and have been questioning for some time the presentation of Australian football at the elite level, the AFL in particular, from the television partners Fox and Seven. Mm. You have wondered if the producers and directors mm. are from an Australian football upbringing. The challenge of working a tight or wide shot seems to be a challenge a few can't grasp and leaves the impression They've worked smaller rectangular fields rather than the big ovals of Australian football. No, I think it's fair and I think it's fact. You've taken issue with Fox leaving the spacious television booth at Adelaide Oval. Seven's done it too. Yes, empty with their commentators calling matches from the studio in Melbourne. Mm. Now, the COVID pandemic proved it could be done when the borders were shut and television executives love to save money, particularly when they have spent billions on television rights. Strange, isn't it? They pay billions for a product and then they won't invest a few thousand dollars to present that product in the best way. Mm. Well, Kim, I found your soulmate in world sport who has joined your campaign. Love it. His name is Aurelio Di Laurentiis. He is a film producer, a very successful man in understanding how to present a product to the public. He's the president of the Napoli Football Club, that is the Italian champion, and home of the great Diego Maradona. Mm -hmm. He refused to vote for a five-year deal that delivered more than $1 billion a season from a cable carrier, that being Sky, and a streaming service called Darzen. He said this while crashing the press conference. Crashing? He crashed it to announce the deal. Le modalità di ripresa del nostro calcio fanno ridere. Fanno ridere. Now, your well, Italian is so good, you got everyone, but I'll translate it for the audience. Could. Yep. Now, he said that he watched Arsenal and Chelsea on his television and loved watching this English, mm. English Premier League game. Then he mm. watched three Italian games and he was laughing, but not with joy. And he's made the point that he hates what he's seeing on Italian television with Italian football. He says this whole deal that they've signed just recently is a defeat for Italian football, and with this deal, our football will die. Now, you could relate to this after what you're seeing here in Australia. He's compared how the English Premier League is presented on television and how horrible it is in Italy. Imagine Crows chairman John Olsen interrupting new AFL chief executive Andrew Dillon during a press conference to take over the stage to say, we've got a dud deal here. That's what it amounted to. He's a brave man, Aurelio Durant. Laurentis. Now, both you and Aurelia are right. Television is a powerful promotional tool for sport, and the AFL should be telling Fox and Seven it wants better. And why stop at the television networks? The print game, my old stomping ground, Kim, has lost mm-hmm. so much in recent years as new newspapers cull experienced staff. This was the lead paragraph to the Crows' thrilling come-from-behind win against North Melbourne at Nord Oval In the AFLW at the weekend, this was on the AFL website and then has to be pushed onto the Crows website. It read, In the battle for second place on the ladder, comma, 
The Adelaide Crows got the chocolates at Norwood Oval with a three-point win over the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. Hello? Talk about missing the feel of an epic game and a sensational finish. Mm. Oh, dear. Sports journalism is in a poor state. And if, as you wish, Kim, the AFL is going to take on Fox and Seven, it needs to look at its own backyard and question if its official website is up to standard too. The game deserves better. Oh, I like it, Roach. Uh, I, I agree 100%. We're not, we're not in COVID period anymore. And uh, for games to be directed from people sitting in studios up in Sydney when games are being played in other states around Australia is not on. And uh, people that have got rugby league backgrounds as directors not having a feel for our game, it does not present our game in its best form. And it's been going on for too long. Too many shots from behind the goal where they stay too wide for so long where you're just looking at players that look like ants. Mm. Not enough close-ups where you can actually see the, the, the stress and duress on players' faces and to make them larger than life so mm. they're more identifiable. And just shot too wide too often. Um, no, I think it's a patch on what it used to be 20 years exactly. ago and the way we cover it, Roach. Uh, I applaud that one. You can have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or send a text 0427154166 and send your commentators to the game. How can you have a feel for what's happening at a stadium if you're not there? That's my editorial comment. All right, Aaron Phillips coming up after the 4 o'clock news. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Past four on a Tuesday afternoon. Appreciate your company and all the correspondence that is coming through via text. Well, some of it. There's some weird weirdos out there. Seventeen point zero <laughs> degrees. It's just dropped the degree, Roach. It probably has after reading some of those text <laughs> messages. We went cold on one of them. Uh, just a reminder: at four thirty, Tony Bamford, the under eighteen Sandville coach, will be joining mm. us to talk about the upcoming draft on the twentieth and twenty first. Yeah, you feel for some of these teenagers. They've got to go through their school exams and wondering where their school future is. Yes, our next guest is not a teenager. Yes, she is at heart. Yes, well, we all are, Roach. Uh, one of our favourites announced her retirement today. What a storied career it's been. She is now officially an AFLW legend. Uh, after announcing her retirement, three premierships, three all-time All-Australians, two best and fairest at the Adelaide Football Club, two AFLW best and fairest, and runner-up last year at Port Adelaide in the BNF. Aaron Phillips joins us now. Hello, Aaron. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Our absolute <laughs> pleasure. Congratulations on absolutely everything, basketball mm. as well. When did you know this was coming? Yeah, so um, obviously I come over Port Adelaide on a two-year deal. So um, I was just hoping, you know, hoping to play one game. So coming into this season, I gave um, it a red-hot crack and then my body was, um, you know, it wasn't great at that point. And, you know, being a 38-year-old athlete, um, you know, it was, was tough and I've had a few knee injuries, but I really put in a lot of work in the off-season um, kind of in my heart felt like this probably was going to be it and then mm. uh, but kept a kept a pretty open mind and um, didn't really think about it too much and probably after round four against St Kilda and sitting on an aeroplane coming back mm. home from Melbourne and I just was I was exhausted and everything was aching and I just felt you know at that moment I thought you know what this is this is definitely going to be it so um, yeah it was kind of I kept a pretty open um, 
discussion with my coach Lauren and um yeah, I, I you know, had obviously talked to Tracy and my family mm. and they were obviously really supportive and um yeah, it just feels right and I knew that, you know, at the level that I wanna at play at and to be able to push myself the limits, you know, your mind says you can and your body mm. um was lagging behind. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't right for me and um absolutely the right call and Looking forward to playing one more last game uh, this Saturday at Albany. So it's just going to be um, obviously an emotional day, but yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, let's hope there's a massive crowd there yep. against GWS. It's a very winnable game too. So just for clarity, uh, you spoke to Lauren after round four and you knew then categorically it was it. Um, look, I, I had spoken to uh, Lauren even before the season, just, you know, just saying, you know, um, I'm not sure if I'll get you know, past this year and uh, she's always been obviously really positive and, mm. you know, we didn't um, we didn't really talk about it too much after that and, um, yeah, I spoke to my wife, Tracy, and she just, yeah, was completely understood and, and then I think people see you play but they don't understand what it takes the mm. days between um, game and game and the amount of work that it, you know, for me and the amount of um, just recovery and, and getting yourself ready to be able to, um, you know, back it up and, and play games. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had a chat um, with Lauren and, um, you know, she pretty much knew and um, that's it. I, I announced it uh, today. So, yeah, it's been kind of a big build-up to this moment. So, obviously, um, now that it's you know, announced, I feel, you know, I think you can feel either two ways and, you know, really sad and obviously maybe have a little bit of doubt, but there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind that, um, you know, this wasn't the right call. It's absolutely the right call. So looking forward to one more game. Erin, it was also a big build-up. You're part at Port Adelaide. We remember 2015 when you became the first player signed at Port. Then you had to wait. Then you put everything on your shoulders. You took the number one jumper. You became the image of the footy club. Did, did you live? Th- and then you also took that knock in that very first game that wasn't easy to then work through that. So mm. how much of it was living the dream and how much, can I ask, was it a burden at mm. times? I definitely, um, I definitely didn't um, have the start uh, physically mm. and, and how I wanted to at this club. I mean, I, I had a really significant um, knee scope prior to, my first year with Port and I actually was meant to have that surgery um, six weeks prior Mm. but because I got COVID I wasn't actually allowed in the hospital so that got delayed um, and I ended up having surgery really only 11 weeks I think it was before round one so it was I was it was a race against time and uh, I did everything that I possibly could to to get out in the park and I was definitely underdone and probably in that season um, started to come good towards the end of the year and um but yeah it was it's definitely when you come to a new club and a club that you know for me that means obviously so much and you want to physically be out there and perform and and lead by example and you know for most of the part of it I was on the sideline you know rehabbing you know being monitored and things like that it was very frustrating Mm -hmm. and obviously a big burden because you want to be out there and and leading by example and, and doing all the things that you demand and expect from your teammates. So, yeah, it was it was tough, but um, the second season here, it was, you know, completely different. I was able to be on out at, on the training track a lot more. So, um, yeah, it's always it's always tough, but, yeah, it just unfortunately was a part of, part of sport. 
Because of your age, you were at your physical peak during your basketball career where you won silver at the Olympics in Beijing, you won gold at Brazil in the World Championships and a bronze in Turkey, and you won Commonwealth gold in 2006. Um, which is more taxing in terms of sport? How do you feel when you come off the court as opposed to how you come off playing a contact sport? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I definitely now know why you can only play one game of footy a week <laughs> yeah. um, compared to three, three yeah. even four games of basketball some weeks. Um, playing on a hardwood floor, the impact that it has on your knees in particular and your, your joints is... Um, yeah, quite quite significant, but not you know playing AFL and um, the amount of contact, the change of direction that you do. Obviously, um, while getting hit, um, sprinting, you got to have long distance, um, you know, uh, you know, an engine. And so I think after I feel like I come off a off a football field, I feel from head to toe bruised and sore. Mm. And then from a basketball game, it's usually just you know your knees or uh, your ankles that are a little bit sore. So um, definitely, definitely know why it's only one game of footy per week. It's interesting. We speak to so many uh, Sanful W players and AFL W players now that have cross-coded, and we say, you know, why did you move to football? What do you enjoy about football? And they all say the team environment and mm. the physicality. They embrace the physicality. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's it's definitely, you definitely love it. It's, um, it's a great part of our game and, you know, the tackling and... Um, yeah, but you definitely, definitely need the uh, the week off to recover and get ready to go again. Erin, you have a genuinely unique place in South Australian sport on the deepest divide. You are loved and always going to be remembered at the Adelaide Footy Club for setting up their AFLW mm. program. For The legacy lives on. You can just see it. You know what you are at Port Adelaide. Is there any regret that you crossed the boulevard? No, there's no regret. Um, I I felt in my heart that you know, that was the right decision um, to to come back to Alberton and help help a team that's, you know, brand new into their competition and I knew how hard it was going to be and it was a ch- always going to be a challenge. And um, But it was it was obviously a really hard, hard decision. It wasn't as, you know, straightforward as, you know, what everyone probably thought it was. I mean, I had such a, um, a great connection and um, love for the LA Football Club and, and the people there and, and still do. Um, but I felt like it was um, the right thing for me and, and, you know, the next part of my journey. And to I felt like I was always going to have regret if I didn't mm. didn't go and, and didn't um, fulfil what I always wanted to do. And that was, as a young kid, play for Port Adelaide. So, um, look, it was extremely tough. Um, but I'm so, so glad that I got this opportunity. And um, I've, I've always said I've, I've been so grateful to play uh, for the Adelaide Crows, and I've always been proud to be a Crow, and even and now absolutely proud to play for Port Adelaide and finish it um, here where it all began. So um, honestly, I, I feel like somebody. I genuinely feel like somebody is up there looking after me and, mm. and helping me write this script because I <laughs> sometimes I honestly don't know what I did to deserve it, but I'm I'm very incredibly lucky. We had a very genuine text early in the show when we mentioned that we'd be chatting to you, and they said that there should be a movie on your story and I tell you what it would be no it would be a ripper it really really would so it may have who would you like to play you uh, oh my god I don't I don't know <laughs> I, I, that's the first I reckon a reality TV show with all these kids that I have running around oh, here yeah. yes, <laughs> you've got four of them <laughs> hey we've had uh, really? 
<laughs> you know how this works. Unfortunately, we've got to get into a break. We've had so many texts coming through. Ethel from Ethelton. She's a port Hello. supporter. She's 94 years yep. old. She said, well done, Erin, on your wonderful career. Now you can enjoy a beer or 2,000 with your dad, Greg. <laughs> um, what, what happens next? I, I know you've got a game to go. What happens next? What do you want to do? Yeah, honestly, um, I the actually straight answer is I don't know yet. Um, I have got a few things, obviously, um, potentially that I could maybe pursue, and I've obviously dabbled in the media, some coaching, and um, bits and pieces here and there. And I think um, the main thing that I want to do is make sure that I actually just have a bit of a rest and um, sit back in a little bit and just figure it out because it's something that I I've never been in this space where I haven't I don't know what's next and. And I think for me, it's probably going to be a good thing to have um, that time to kind of have that clear space to figure it out. But I don't know if I'll be having 2,000 beers with Dad. I'll just be having <laughs> one or two. And um, it'll definitely start Saturday after the game. Well, I'll tell you what, we might have a chat to Hutchie. It might sound all right. Kimbo, Aaron and the Roach. That'd be all right. Hey. hey you don't, <laughs> have, to get, you don't have to get up at 4 a.m. It <laughs> oh, sounds good, but that means I've got, well, I've got to get rid of my kids, do I? Yeah, okay. No, bring them in. in. No, bring them in. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, yeah. No, Plenty no. of room. We'll get some babysitters. Uh, Aaron, congratulations on absolutely everything you've uh, <laughs> achieved. Uh, I, I don't feel confident saying your career's over. You might, no, you might change over. to another sport. No, it's not over. <laughs> um, but uh, well done. Good luck against GWS, and let's get 10,000 at our. No, I appreciate you guys. Um, I've been chatting with you for a lot of years now and I just appreciate you, all the uh, support that you've given me and, yeah, just love love chatting with you guys. We adore you and love you and we congratulate you on everything you've achieved. You're an absolute ripper. Good on you, Aaron. Thanks, guys. All the best. Good luck, Aaron. She is an absolute ripper. Just a a good human, Rich. Yes, and I did admire her when the inevitable question came up about naming a medal, mm. whether it be the AFLW Player of the Year, as it is now, the equivalent of the Brownlow, or we do it after the grand final because she's won two best on grounds, the Norm Smith. Uh, she virtually threw it away in the sense that she said, I play a team sport, I'm not an individual. Yeah, right. So she's, she's got that right attitude. Yeah, I, right would attitude. Have, I would have said it should be named after me. It's 4.15. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Four twenty-one, and as from next year, it'll be Kimbo, Aaron, and the Roach. Hey, would you like that, Roach? Very much so. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah. We'll get on to that. Uh, we're here thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. Here's a text, Roach. Came through earlier. Two Port Adelaide people in the room. I mm. can handle that, Roach. Mm. We're all one. We're all South Australians. Uh, <laughs> hi, guys. If Port has lost ten players, yep, brought in four. Yep and has one pick in the draft, where do they find five more? That's okay. from Chris. So once the delistings are completed tonight, the AFL would do a whole new draft order, to which Port will then suddenly have five draft picks, 73, 105, 2061, you know what I mean. They just get more and more draft picks because okay. they've got to fill them out. But what they will do is they'll look over the delisted free agents, mm. see if there's someone there they like. That will then take off another draft pick. 
but they won't have just draft pick 73 because they've got a lot of spots now that have opened up. Chris O, I hope that answers the question. That's a very short break, that one, because we spoke to Aaron for a little longer mm. than we intended, but we love her dearly. We're here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. Stay grounded. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Just a reminder, Tony Bamford coming up after 4.30. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 27, still about 18 degrees outside. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. Uh, the World Cup route, Australia takes on England. Surely they can't find some form against us. That's on Saturday. Gets underway at 7pm our time. Uh, Bix and Walshy on their show this morning, they had Tim Payne on, former Australian captain. They posed the question whether Alex Carey can break his way back into the side. So there's three games remaining before finals if they qualify. Here's Paney on Alex Carey. But all he can really do is, is make it um, every opportunity he does get, whether that's through injury to Inglis or a loss of, or you know, maybe in a few months' time, Matthew Wade's not playing international cricket. He becomes the backup wicketkeeper uh, in the T20s. And as I said, you take your opportunities, you put pressure on and, um, and things can go your way. But yeah, I think he'd be disappointed with... Uh, a couple of the last what, teams in 50 over they picked and then to not be in that 2020 squad, I think he'd be disappointed, but might spare him on to some even better things. So he was not just talking World Cup, he was talking white ball teams going wow. forward. <laughs> well, English is a talent. Things change quickly. I know, I know. It's wow. a brutal world out there, Rooch. Uh, talking of changing, England's form's changed since the world's last World Cup. Uh, the last. Yeah, Payne was asked about their one-day team, uh, whether it's past its use-by date. I think... You know, there's a lot of excuses coming out of England. Oh, it's the format. Oh, it's, you know, there's a bit of a split in the team. Oh, there's this, there's that. Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and say, we're not good enough. We are not playing good enough cricket. Are we out of form or are we just not good enough? Has that team had its use by date? Yes. Well, on form Quickly, it has. the rooster has become a feather duster. <laughs> yeah, I like that saying, Rooch. Yeah. All righty, just a reminder, Tony Bamford, the Sandville Under-18 coach, is coming up after the 4.30 news. The AFL National Draft gets underway on the 20th and the 21st, followed by the Wookiee Draft on the 22nd, Rooch. It's going to be interesting how many South Aussie boys will get drafted. We will pose that question. And we will give you an update on where the National Reserves competition's at. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. After 4.30, Kimba on the Roach with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks to IGA Supermarkets. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. Been a beautiful day, still hovering around 18 degrees. Well, it's an exciting time if you're a young AFL aspirant, Roach. The uh, AFL National Draft gets underway on November the 20th and 21st with the pre-season and rookie draft on November the 22nd. As we welcome the South Australian National Football League under-18 coach, Tony Bamford. Hello, Tony. 
Good afternoon, guys. How are you going? Not bad. You put a lot of work into these young kids. It's a nervous time for them. Do you get a little bit nervous for them? Oh, yeah, absolutely we do. Um, some of these uh, some of these young men we've known since the age of 15, 16. Mm. So uh, Jack Deline, for example, um, was just starting out at, at South Adelaide in my last year down there. So I've known him since he was 12. And But some of the other guys, um, like Taylor Goad, for example, we've only had exposure with him for about nine months. So... Uh, but no, you can't help but get um, emotionally attached and involved and a little bit anxious at the same time. Well, we'll call them stock because that's what they are. Uh, if we listen to a lot of the smarties, this isn't our strongest group of players coming through. Is that fair assessment or not? Uh, it's it's accurate in the fact that um, the national results suggest that we were one of the, the, the weaker performing teams in that mm. four-week period. But having said that, if you look at what these, these players have done over a two-year period, I think it stands up pretty well. Uh, nationally against some of the other players and other um, potential draftees, but um, I just we just did not have the depth of talent this year that were what we've had in past years. But the top end talent's still there, so I'm, I'm convinced and I'm certain that some of these boys are going to go on to have a really good career at AFL level. All right, we'll dig into some of these boys shortly. But we look at Cal Toomey, who's a pretty good judge. He talks to everyone. Uh, he only has three South Australians in the to go in the top 30. Uh, Will McCabe, we know, the son of Luke, will go to the Hawks. And there's Jack Deline, as you just mentioned, the South Adelaide 181 centimetre forward. And uh, Ashton Moyer, 188 centimetre forward from Glenelg. Are the experts missing anyone? Oh, look, Cal, Cal does a lot of research, and I think mm. he's pretty close to on the money for what we have here in, in SA and offer this year. Um, those three guys have been high performers for two or three years in the talent pathway across national level. So, um, and, and Will McKay was clearly a standout for us this year, um, playing as a as a tall tall defender. Um, he was our best, or well, one of our best players, but he's he's developed really nicely. Um, since he played as an under-16 as an overager two years ago. So uh, Hawthorne are going to be a really good player there. Um, and Delene and Moyer are just two uh, freakishly talented kids. Um, Delene had a good year this year, and, and Ash probably didn't have the year that he was hoping for, but um, there's undeniable talent there. I've never seen a player kick 50 metres off his left and his right, and, oh. and the kick looks exactly the same. So um, he, he's going to go in um, probably a bit later than what people were saying this time last year, but he'll still go in somewhere and, yeah, he'll um, he'll do really well, I'm sure. But when you say fifty on his left and his right, you're talking like Taylor Walker. Uh, it's a, it's a special looking kick, Rooch. Uh, sorry, Kimbo, this one. He's um, yeah. He even even he doesn't isn't sure exactly which of his best side he can ah. kick from fifty from a set shot on his left, and he kicks from right with a set shot on his um, on his right foot as well. So. Love it. He, he didn't, I asked him once, what makes you decide on what you, what foot you kick with? And he said, it depends on what the last kick looked like. If I kick right and it mm. misses, I'll try my left. Next one. <laughs> but wouldn't that be a luxury? Indeed. Oh, Brian Cunningham. Tony, <laughs> the late Matt Rendell left us a lesson that you go through every one of the re- these results because there's always going to be a diamond in the rough. There's a young lad at North Adelaide who can run very fast and can certainly jump like Kazali and Kane McAuliffe. Tell us about him. Mm. Yeah, really, um, really enjoyed coaching Kane this year. Um, such an honest footballer, works unbelievably hard on his craft on and off the field. Mm-hmm. He's a big, powerful inside mid. Um, plays a plays a little bit like Patty Dangerfield did in the in his first mm-hmm. year at AFL level. It's 
It's uh, he's based on power, winning the ball inside and then penetrating the ball with his legs and his long kick. He's a left footer, kicks the ball a mile. Nice. Um, he's had a really he's had a really good year um, for us. He was probably he was easily our best midfielder, um, followed by some support by our bottom major Sid Draper. But um, by the end of our champs, Kane was absolutely exhausted. He'd done so much work for our for our midfield group. So. Okay. Um, been a Port Augusta lad. He's been down in boys' school at PAC for a few years. He's he finished school this time last year, so he's had a year of life skills, which is going to hold him in really good stead when he goes into the AFL system. So, uh, great kid, powerful player. Got to watch that one. Yeah, eight Sandville players were invited to the AFL Combine. We've spoken about four of those: Jack Deline, Will McCabe, Ashton Meyer, and Kane McAuliffe. What about Taylor Goad, Will Patton, William Rollins, and Bodie Ryan? What are your expectations there? Oh, Taylor would, Taylor's definitely going to be drafted. And, um, and it's really going to be interesting to see how early um, a, a tall ruck is selected by a mm. club. Generally speaking, generally speaking, the, the, the tall rucks um, either you're in the top 10 or you're sort of in the back half of the draft. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where, where Taylor uh, fits into it all. But he's a unbelievably uh, exciting footballer, athlete who can run under um, three seconds for 20 metres is really rare when you're, when you're t- 270 metres tall. And um, he's had next to no exposure in a football pathway other than this year at South Adelaide. Before that, he was involved at basketball. So he's like a blank canvas, really. There's so much room for improvement and growth. Um, and one, one thing I loved about Taylor this year with our program, he was so thirsty for knowledge, mm. looking for information on where he should be positioning and just always open to learning. So that's going to hold him in good stead. Will Patton? Um, young young Bodie. Yeah, Will Patton was our captain. Uh, excellent leadership skills. Uh, medium to tall defender. Plays a little bit like Jake Lever at Melbourne and a bit like Tom Doday, who's just left the Crows. Those kind of, that kind of intercepting defender. Really good high uh, game, game IQ. Didn't finish the year off because of a shoulder injury, so he missed the second half of the year. Um, Bodie Ryan, a running defender, half-back. Had a really good game in our, in our carnival playing against Harley Reid, who's going to be number one. Um, he went back onto Harley Reid after Harley had kicked three goals in the first quarter and did a job on Harley when he was playing forward. So that was sort of um, Bodie's break, breakout game. His cousin Jacob got drafted to Collingwood last year. Similar types of players. And um, Locker Orson is the other one that you mentioned, guys. He's the, he's our athlete who's got unbelievable running ability. Already runs GPS numbers um, that AFL players run. So athletically, there's no issues with him. Um, he's a, a high forward who does all that um, unheralded running up and down the ground to help team offence and team defence. And he's uh, just finishing school this year at uh, PAC, so he should have his hand, um, head down in the books <laughs> doing some study right now. And, Tony, what about uh, William Rollins from Norwood? Oh, so Will's a different one. He's uh, actually an NT kid um, who came down to go to school um, at Ross Trevor College. Um, he's a, a powerful... Body. He's probably plays a bit like uh, Dane Zorko at the lines. Mm-hmm. He's a midfielder who can also go forward and hit the scoreboard. He's uh, got a low centre of gravity. He's not a tall mid, but he's um, very clean hands, makes good decisions and uses the ball pretty well. Um, so he, uh, he's he got a chance of getting in as a probably as a small forward more than a midfielder. All right. Roach mentioned diamonds in the rough. We'll play a hypothetical here. You're recruiting for Port Adelaide at the moment. You've only got one selection. It's pick 73. They need tall defenders, and they probably need a project forward as well. Is there uh, someone... No, I'll add in a theme there. They're actually going to go for a player with outside run. 
Out to, really? Yeah. Okay. Don't worry right. about defenders. Not at all. Don't worry about outside no, run. Outside run they want. Okay. Have you got something at around pick 73 that will still be on the table? Okay. Well, if Locke Rawlinson's still there, then then he would be he'd be one that I'd, I'm certain he's going to make every post a winner if he gets a chance at AFL level. And the other player that I've that I've liked all year um, is Jed Digman from North Adelaide. He's mm. a country boy from Moraroo. Um, he can play inside and outside, and very very smart footballer. He hasn't. I don't think he's got the attention that his uh, ability warrants. So I've I've tried to sell him as much as I can to the <laughs> AFL clubs. Yeah. Some are interested, some not so much. But he's a player that I I think um, could possibly. Um, really evolve and develop well inside an AFL environment. From Mick Redden territory, Oruru up north. That's it, yeah. yeah. I've had a few beverages with Mickey up there at the Oruru and the peak <laughs> and a pub, yeah. Hey, Tony, tell us how much this landscape has changed. In the era when you were running around, everyone was just looking at what you did on match day and looked at the highlights. Now there's mm. so much being done about your background, the way you present. And these mm. young men speak better than some 300-game players did a decade ago. Where has this development, this transformation of the teenager AFL aspirant come recently? How does that um, unfold? Yeah, it's, a, it's a good question. And, and look, I guess you can... When, when players come through the school system now, football's a genuine career path yep. for them. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, football was something you do on the side. Mm. Um, you might be a builder or a chippy or an electrician or... You know, go to and do a law degree or whatever, but you've been football would be number two. But now, yeah. kids go into high school um, prioritising football as their career. So mm. there's a lot there's a lot goes into into that off field. We have some really really great people inside our programs. Jack Hemphill does our wellbeing and education, and mm. Tom De Benedictus who runs our S and C programs, and other professionals that we call upon during the program who um, paint a big picture to the players. The on the on field, the off field, all of the um, I guess the pitfalls around um, the AFL environment. We do a lot of training on media and how to present yourself in a public forum, public speaking challenges, cooking challenges, goal setting. It's quite a lot of work off field, not just all how they kick and mark the ball. So the whole program's designed around developing both the player and the person. Um, And um, and that's that's what AFL clubs want. They want good players, but they also want... um, outstanding people who can come and make their club better. If well, you only waited a little while, Kim, the system would have been for you. Oh, really? <laughs> My dad was horrified when I gave up schooling because I wanted to be a footballer. Uh, it didn't work out before your time, well. you were. <laughs> I, um, we'll be talking to our, our, most of these young players, the top 30 in South Australia, over the next few weeks, and they do surprises every year mm. about how well they present themselves mm. and how many interviews they have to go through. This takes me to the Adelaide Football yeah. Club. They have... Picks 10, 14, 20, and 89. We believe they're going to go and try and go up the order. If you were at Adelaide, uh, or do you know of any players that Adelaide are showing interest in? Um, well, we, we catch up um, with all the AFL clubs who want to come and, and talk about the SA talent um, several times during the year. It's not just a one-off conversation. They're constantly ringing and checking in. Mm. And you're right, uh, half of the questions they ask have nothing to do with can they play football. It's about are they reliable? Mm. Um, how do they handle how do they handle um, setbacks and disappointment? How they, how do they team how their teammates um, respond to them? Do they have leadership skills? All those kind of things that are sort of hard to measure from the outside. Um, I think the Crows 
I think the Crows have got their eye on Kane McAuliffe. I think he's a, a strong inside mid that they, they're keen on. But mm. uh, I know Ash Moyer. Ash Moyer went and trained with um, with the Crows as part of his national program at the start of this year. And and I know from talking to some of the Crows players after that week, they were all blown away by how well he looked inside the AFL environment and how naturally he looked. So, um, yeah, based on what Ash did with the Crows in, in January, um, you know, I'd like to think that they're still interested in what Ash could bring to well, is he still growing? He's, well, my information says he's a 188 centimetre forward, which is not huge in the modern game. Oh, no, all these boys are still growing. I mean, they're only 17, 18, these mm. guys, so they'll still keep growing a bit. I mean, I don't think Taylor Goad's going to get much taller than no, 207 no, centimetres, no, no. but, but he certainly needs 10 kilos, that's for sure. Um, but no, Ash will keep growing. He's got a, he's got a good physique at the moment, but I'm, I'm sure he'll get to 190 at some stage. And Kay McAuliffe, he might get a bit... Uh, a bit heavier and a bit stronger um, with more work in the gym. But, um, yeah, they've all got certainly got a, a fair degree of growth yet to come. Okay, Tony, we've painted a picture of a career in AFL footy, but not everyone gets drafted. And there are many players then who are left behind. How do you handle them? Um, yeah, um, delicately for some of them. Mm. And, and some of them are some of them are that well-equipped and, and um, realistic that, I think deep down, some of them already have a fair idea of how it's going to go. Yep. Um, but we'll reach out to the players. Um, Jack Hennett and myself will we'll touch base with them and just check in. And um, the great thing about our players over here in SA, they all have um, excellent sample club environments true. in which they're very already true. familiar with, whereas every single other player in Australia has to find a new club now, except for the WA guys. Yep. They've all got to find a new club and start again. But our boys will be welcomed back to their sample clubs with open arms and, and their coaches and, and managers and support systems around there are all very well equipped to handle um, handle the play disappointment. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we do our best to try and offer our support, but um, it's a more, almost like a case-by-case scenario on who needs it the most. All right, Tony, we'll put your knowledge and judgment to the test. How many South Aussie boys do you think will be drafted? Oh, well, it really does depend on how many selections they have overall. Um, Kimbo, because I'm hearing that it's going to be pretty low. 60? Um, and something yeah, something that we've noticed um, sort of post-COVID is that the number of national selections is getting less and less. Um, so if there is 60 players drafted, we'd, we'd like to think that we can get, you know, six or seven of those guys from SA. Um, if, they, if they go into the 70s, we hopefully maybe get eight or nine. So, but... Mm. Um, yeah, we'll have to just wait back and see and, and see how, uh, especially, I mean, Port have only got one pick, so it doesn't really help our SA lads who, who Port, and Port have been good in drafting SA talent in recent years. So hopefully the Crows can do the right thing by the SA boys this year and, and take a few of our locals. Well, Tony, congratulations on all the work you've put into these young men with your team down there. Uh, we wish all these youngsters the very best on November the 20th, the 21st and the 22nd. We really appreciate your time. No worries. Good to chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony. Tony Bamford there, the South Australian National Football League under-18 coach. Uh, got a little bit out of that one, Rooch. Uh, you mentioned Kane McAuliffe yes. and uh, the Crows are showing interest mm. and he plays like a young Patrick Dangerfield. Mm. So he's a ball and he's mm. fearless. And, yes. uh, and also some nice raps on Ashton Moyer as, as well. Stay uh, tuned, Kim. Yeah. November that, 20. 21 for the two rounds of the national draft, and then we go to the rookie and pre-season drafts on November 22. And the interesting one, like you mentioned, and we received a call on this, what was it, start of the year or yep. last year? Early this year, yep. Taylor Go. Yep. And it's a biggie. Like uh, in the early days, the big men would go early, 
because they were like diamonds. They were hard to get. And now we remember that Aaron Sandilands and Dean Cox were both rookies. Well, exactly. They take time to time. develop. So a lot of people sit back because they yep. know they can do deals further down the yep. track, let someone else develop them mm. and take their chances. So yes. we'll keep Hello, an eye Alistair on, Clarkson. on that one. <laughs> All righty. Very interesting. Hey, Roots, we're here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. You love your coffee. Yes, I wouldn't mind stay, one now. Yeah, stay grounded, Roots. You struggle with that. You're a bit of a buffhead. <laughs> make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. I'll get a mirror somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's a myth or a misnomer, Roach. I've never combed my hair for 20 years. That's a fact. Gee, how do you keep it that way then? Well, just a little bit of product, Roach. A little ah. bit of, you know, uh, after wash conditioner, it goes in there. Hey, some breaking news. Yes. Uh, Australia has withdrawn mm. from the race for the 2034 FIFA World Cup. We've learned our lesson after that one, was it 10 years ago when we mm. tried this? Saudi Arabia has a lot of money. They will get the 2024 FIFA World Cup. And Australia will look at the 2026 Women's Asian Cup and the 2029 Club World Cup. So we will okay. go for... Different sort of events until we can find some partners to help us with a World Cup. Yeah, in terms of infrastructure, cannot, yeah, we're we not, can't do it here. Yeah, we're not quite no. there. No, we're not. Hey, nearly done for another day. Roach, been mm. enjoyable today. I know you wanted at the start of the program to talk about uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club and the Sandful and yes. that relationship. Now, we played this grab from David Kosh at the Best and Fairest, and we'll remind you of what he said about Port Adelaide's attitude towards the Sandful and an expanded National Reserves competition. As you know, the two AFL clubs play under different rules to the other SNFL clubs, which makes success difficult and, frankly, has a detrimental impact on the development of our AFL players. No other AFL clubs have this imposition on their player development. And it is an issue we are working to solve in the near future one way or another, okay. and we will solve it. We need to be in the best second-tier competition which allows us to develop our players. Okay, well, that was the red rag to the bull, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So the Sandful and Port have met. Let's call it a no-blame divorce because the Sandful's got to look after its competition and eight traditional clubs. Port Adelaide's got to look after its development program and its needs in the AFL. They don't match anymore, so it's only a matter of time now. It's now up to the AFL to leave the platform, as we heard West Coast say only last week. Yep. They're waiting for this national reserves. Port will be in straight away and Adelaide will be close behind them. Yeah, and we flagged this. Yep. I know we're blowing up our own tyres here, but we flagged this five years ago, and if there hadn't been COVID, it probably would have been happening already. Yeah, and this is real now. Very uh, it, it real. It seems to be, uh, unless Adelaide just uh, stays mum on it a little bit more, it seems to have been a bit more of an issue for Port than for the Crows. Uh, let me put it this way. Adelaide is right there with Port, but yep. won't be as vocal. And you can understand why. Their history with the sample and so forth, they're quite happy to let Port be the front man for it, and oh, they will be there. You think we may get your friend Johnny on to actually speak instead of you speaking on their behalf, Rich, in regards More to that. More than happy to do that. Yeah, but if I tell you, if they're going to be silent about it, you won't get too far with it. Yeah. No, and you can um, understand their uh, position. It's just, it's sad for the sand. It's a no-blame divorce. It, drop, it, it drops down to another yes. level when it eventually happens. But if you're serious, the AFL, we've said it for a long time, has to have its own reserves competition. And if I'm going to throw a dart here, I still look at what Gillan McLaughlin said many years ago when he wanted to sort out what was under the AFL. He never did it. And I hope Andrew Dillon sorts it out because we cannot abandon the grassroots of this game. Mm. That will hurt the AFL in the long run. Roach, we're almost done. Here's a text that's uh, complimenting your roast today. 
Nice roast, Rucci. Well done for finally enlisting the help of AI, artificial intelligence. <laughs> That's suggesting Chopsy. I have none, does it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. That was a little bit cryptic. Hello, uh, here's one from Tony. Hey, lads, I know Adelaide has committed to re-signing James Borlase as a rookie, yep. but do you think someone may pick him up before them in the rookie draft? That's the Gold Coast Crow. Well, I'll tell you, it won't be Port, despite the fans wanting it to be that case. Now, there are other clubs that want defence. It could be Hawthorne. Mm. I doubt it will happen. Here's another quickie. Uh, guys, will Will Gould get picked up by the Crows or Power? I heard whispers. Matt in Brizzy. Oh, he can play. He just doesn't have the height or the leg speed. He's yeah. a genuine halfback flanker. He thinks he's Port's good enough. A lot we of spoke those. to him. Mm. Don't see Port doing it. And with Borlays going back, I don't know if the Crows no. would have room. Matt, we'll keep you informed. Hey, thanks for today. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Enjoy. Enjoy.